Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of On Shayamit Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Igg about this week's Torah portion of Lech Lecha, Breaking the Idols, Then and Now. I want to tell you a story I made about a bet I made when I was in rabbinical school and lost. Okay. There's a story that centers on this week's portion that I heard when I was very young. The story basically is, is actually fairly well known. It's about Abraham. And the story is that Abraham's father, Avram, as he was called then, his name is Terach. And Terach was his father. And, he, and according to the story, Terach owned an idol shop. One day, Terach goes out to lunch and leaves his son in charge of the store. And when Terach returns, all of his idols are shattered. And Terach is, is beside himself. He says, what have you done? And Avram says, I didn't do anything. The idols got into a fight over a sacrifice. And the large idol over there, one with a stick in his hands, he destroyed, he broke all of the other idols. And there was a fight. And what could I do? And Terach became enraged and said, you know, what are you, what are you saying to me? These idols can't talk. They can't hear. They can't fight with each other like this. And Avram then says, you know, father, hear what your lips are saying. And why? So then why believe in these idols? And then it was he went on a whole thing about the one God. This story was taught to me when I was young. And I was convinced, actually, it was predated rabbinical school. It's when I first went to study Jewish things seriously. I was convinced that it was in the Bible. Hmm. But, and I, and I bet on it. Of course, I was wrong. I spent a whole night looking for it in the book of Genesis. Of course, they didn't find it and paid up and all the rest. But this is the power of a story. And I think this is a really important story. So when I told you that story, like, what were you thinking about? First, I was thinking about how much you lost in the bet, which you seemed to be <laughs> hiding from me. You didn't want to admit that uh, you lost the family uh, farm. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I, my parents got over the fact that they went homeless, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but I was mostly thinking about um, Abraham's courage to challenge his father. Uh, there's, there's a story here about idols on, on, on different levels, right? Because uh, we're, we're supposed to respect our and learn from them. And here's Abraham um, challenging his father, which is kind of like idol worship of a different kind, right? Because what does it take to break away from the familiar and from what you're taught in school? Have you ever stood up to a teacher and said, no, that's wrong, right? But Abraham had a couple of different levels, it seems to me. That's, that's what I was thinking as you to tell him the story. I, I think that's the power of the story. The power of the story on one hand is, you know, from this is, by the way, part of the Midrashic method of the rabbis. And the rabbis are answering a question when they write a story like this. So on one level, they're answering this story, the question of how did Abraham come to this belief in one God? And, you know, they want to show him as being extraordinary, as this kind of child prodigy, religious prodigy. What I think the rabbis are saying is exactly what, you, what you're saying. The people who are truly great amongst us, whether they're scientists, whether they're politicians, whether they're rabbis, whether they're writers... They're people who are willing to break the idols. They're willing to take risks. They're willing to say, well, I know this is the way it's always been done, but I think we might want to look at a different way. And I think this is a very powerful issue about if you go through the history of humankind, the people that we tend to remember are the people who had the courage of their convictions and broke the idols. 
Yeah, and I would also point out that those people are taking enormous risks that, you know, we celebrate them afterwards and say, gee, weren't they brave, without failing to consider that they were oftentimes, you know, facing jail, facing death, facing scorn from their society, hatred, expulsion from their from their homes. These are not hypotheticals. These people were willing to risk a lot for what they believed in. We're seeing an example of this right now. We saw someone who's testifying before Congress, willing to take the risk of copying documents and all the rest to expose Facebook in a way that that is not particularly positive. I mean, talk about breaking the idols. These are the risks that she's taking. That's right. And the cynics in us say, oh, I wonder what she's doing. Why is she doing this? Is she going to get money? Or is she going to get a book deal? Does she want to be famous? But it seems to me that she's doing it because she truly, at least I hope this is the case, but it seems to be that she was truly concerned for what this was doing to society. And, you know, you look around and you say, well, someone else will stand up for this eventually. Someone else will will take the risk. But no, she was willing to do it herself. And, and that's where the same kind of test that Abraham faced. He could have just waited to see if there was some other alternative other than confronting his father. He, he wasn't afraid to do that. He wasn't afraid to do it. And so this then fits into the whole framework of the portion. When God comes to Abraham, God says, well, on the one hand, God says, I'm going to make you a great nation, and those who bless you will be blessed, and those who curse you will be cursed, right? So this is like, yes, thank you. Wow. Except that what you might have overlooked was the first sentence, which says you have to leave your country, you have to leave your people, you have to leave everything, that your, your homeland, everything that you've known, and follow me. You have to basically separate yourself, if not outright reject what the society that you were living in, in order to create something new. So this was the kind of the ultimate smashing of the idols. What Abraham had to do was take this huge risk. And obviously it paid off because now, you know, nearly 4,000 years later, we're still talking about him. We're still debating him. We're still acknowledging him. But he had to break the idols. He had to go forward. And I think about people throughout history. You've been writing about some of them as well, whether it's Dr. King. But you've also talked about people like Jackie Robinson and people in our society who are willing to take the risk. They paid a price. Abraham Lincoln took the risk. George Washington. These are people who risked it all. Rosa Parks. That, I think, is something that is very much part of the story of Breaking the Idols. Absolutely. And, and I would point out that, you know, again, we turned a lot of these people into saints, but a lot of the people who take these risks are not saints. They're flawed human beings. And, uh, you know, I also wrote a book about uh, Margaret Sanger, the, you know, who was responsible for the invention of the birth control pill, who was a flawed human being in, in many profound ways, but also sacrificed, gave up, you know, much of her life went to jail because she believed that women had the right to control their own bodies at a time when the law said otherwise, just like Rosa Parks and, and Martin Luther King, uh, they were breaking the law to do what they did because the law in the South was very clear that segregation was enforced by the law. So are you willing to go to jail for what you believe in? Are you willing to be the sacrificial lamb? I don't have any idea in my life of the courage that it took to sit at a lunch counter in the deep south. That's right, with your back to your attackers, knowing that you were gonna get hit in the head, that you were gonna have things thrown at you and, and poured over you, and to turn your back on that and trust or just to accept whatever comes your way is a kind of courage that I can't imagine. Right, and when you hear a person of color from the south use the term get along, that's the essence of the issue. That's your choice, either get along 
or get ready to suffer. Get along with everybody, which means don't sit at that counter, go to the back of the bus, just follow the rules and we'll let you live, right? Your life might be miserable, but we'll let you live. And you can raise your children and all the rest. That's what people who want to maintain the status quo are banking on, that you'll be too afraid to sit at the counter. You'll be too afraid to break the idol. And that's the amazing part of that story that I don't think we celebrate quite enough. That's right, that there's this other option, that you don't have to take it and suffer, that you can fight back. There's an example, and and that's what's so powerful about these figures like Abraham, like Rosa Parks. They give us this blueprint, like, oh, it has been done before. I can show courage. I can step up and fight. I can draw a line in the sand and say, no, I'm not going to take it anymore. And when you have that kind of a, a cultural blueprint, assuming that you that you realize that these are humans, that they're not saints, that they're not perfect, you can emulate them. That gives us footsteps that we can follow in, that we can take that step. I, I think that's 100% right. I I was um, privileged, as you know, to, to have this opportunity to interview Natan Sharansky. And Sharansky talks about how Andrei Sakharov changed his life. And Andrei Sakharov was the father of the hydrogen bomb in the Soviet Union. And he was venerated. What Sharansky makes clear is that Sakharov believed, once the world saw the might of these weapons, that there would be peace, that people would just be too afraid to continue this arms race. And he was 100% wrong. And he became enraged. And then he looked around and he decided to devote his life to human rights, which meant that he was going to be attacking the Soviet Union. And so here's the great hero of the Soviet society, who's now turned against the society and is willing to take the consequences. And so he's breaking the idols. And Sharansky is talking about watching this and saying to himself, that's freedom. It's freedom to speak out. And that inspired him to then apply for a visa to, to Israel. He then also stands up for human rights and actually becomes Sakharov's press secretary. But it's people like that who are willing to break the idols that inspire other people to follow that route. In the same way, the people who are cowed and don't want to break the idols, they also have their followers, right? And so who are the people that we remember? Who are the ones who have affected society, who've affected Jewish society? They're people who had something to lose and did it anyway. And they rose up and they fought. Moses had something to lose. Isaiah had something to lose. All of them, but they stood for the right thing and they broke the idol. And I just think that this is such a powerful story. And even though the Midrash isn't in the text itself, I still think it's worth telling. No question. I'm glad that you uh, you had the confidence to make that bet um, a long time ago. <laughs> and that you can't say that you lost that bet because you're still learning so much from it, right? So if Dr. King was part listening to this conversation, if he was uh, a regular podcast listener to The Pen and the Yod, which I imagine he would have been had he lived. Of course. Um, what do you think he would say? He'd say, stop talking about it, get off your butts and go do something about it. I love that. I love that. And I think that that's exactly right. You know, it's so you can wax eloquent about me, but if you're not doing anything, you're not learning from my example. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of opportunities to... Uh, move away from the front lines and to uh, just preach or to teach. 
And he never did. He stayed out on the front lines, even as he became less popular, even as his movement began to struggle. He never stopped marching. He never stopped fighting. And it was all action. He Once he made that commitment, he did not turn back. And uh, it's an amazing story. Yeah. Amazing story. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks, Rabbi.